the Lance Armstrong episode. I have been looking forward to this ever since we launched the podcast. And finally, deep in season three, we made it happen. And I've known Lance for 34 years, but we had never had this conversation. I'm going to be totally honest with you, Chris. If we'd have had this conversation, you were one of my best buds. If you'd asked me these questions or asked any of these questions 12 years ago, I would have lied through my fucking teeth to one of my best friends. Now, how, how messed up is that? I mean, when I think of my story, and I was powerful. I mean, I could, I could, I, you know, shit, I asked President Bush for a billion dollars for the NCI. You know, I mean, that's, who does that? <laughs> I didn't know, I mean, it, the, the power that I had and abused, I didn't know it. And it's a shame. I'll never have that power again. Um, and I know that. I, I, I know that with 100% certainty. And there is a part of me that, that uh, is extremely sad about that, but can't change it. Um, but but it, I, I know now the power that I had and, and that I abused. And so um, that's, that's, uh, that's a shame. This was wide-ranging, honest, raw. The language is raw too, by the way. Even a little emotional at times. Here it is, my conversation with Lance Armstrong. That sounded, that sounded like a good start. <sighs> That's, yeah, I won't tell you how I've started the interview without pushing the red button before. That's a little embarrassing, but it's happened. Oh. <laughs> All right, man, here we go. Here we go. So we meet about 34 years ago. I'm doing Scholastic Sports America. Go down to visit this kid in Plano, Texas. You don't even know that cycling is going to be your sport yet. But there was something about this kid and his mom, I mean, you had a, a drive, you had an edge, you had a belief in yourself, your mom had a belief in you, and she was tough and resilient. And I said, I don't know where this guy's going, but he's going somewhere, and it's going to be interesting to see where. Mm. I don't have that sense that often. Uh, did you have any sense that you were going somewhere interesting? I mean, I, I didn't know. I, God. Maybe in, 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 on some level, but I didn't know where in the world it would take me. I, and I certainly didn't know that I would, to your point, because um, you were there sort of covering uh, a young triathlete. Right. I, I didn't know that that would lead me to the bike and the Olympic Games and onto a career of professional cycling. But um, that's a when damn good that, question. When I say that, that belief, them, I don't, no one knows specifically where we're headed. I mean, it's just unknowable. It's foolish to try to think that here's where I'm headed specifically. But did you have a sense, though, Lance, only child raised by your mom? Uh, there were some tough moments in the household that you've written about. Did you have a sense that you were headed somewhere, though, somewhere important to do something big? I mean, if you, yeah, I, I would have. Uh, I think what 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 you felt was probably. I mean, I, nobody can say it with 100% confidence, but I was. Yeah, I was. I didn't know what scale or what level that would be on, but I was. I was pretty sure that, uh, that I, I was sure. And I, I, I never, um, you know, saw myself going off to college and, and getting a job. I mean, I was sure enough that I knew that that was going to be my job. You've written a little bit about it. Where do you think that, that drive and that edge comes from that served you well to get to where you went? You know, it's, it was this mix of, um, of anger as a young, you know, as a, you, you alluded to it, you know, growing up with mom, um, um, 
and, I, and I've never met my father, had a, a stepfather that wasn't uh, a good fit uh, for her and I. Um, and so there, there was, there was this edge to it. Um, but also I, I, you know, at the end of the day, like you could be as mad as you want or as motivated or as, as angry to, 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 um, to prove people wrong. But at the end of the day, this is a hard game, right? And you, you were, you were covering a young triathlete that, that at, even at a young age, 15, 16 years old, that was three or four hours a day of training, you know, between swim practice and track practice and riding your bike as much as you could, you know, it, it added up. So you, you got to love it. And I always did like, that was, um, no part of me ever. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe a miserable day in the, in the Alps when you got to get out there, but there's every day that it was time to go to work. I was like, fuck yeah, let's go to work. This is, this is, this is fun. Like I would do this for free. Yeah. At the time you were trying to make a few bucks and, and keep gas. And what I recall was kind of a beat up, but still pretty cool. Alfa Romeo, which was an interesting car for Texas. But I mean, I thought this, you know, it, it was very much hand to mouth, man. And, and you, you earned every scrap of that in, in those early days before I realized how much money cyclists made. Well, I was, I was, I thought I was rich, you know, I'd go off to, I had a little bit of sponsorship money, but I was, you know, I was a 16 year old kid. I'd fly off almost every weekend to compete, um, mostly domestically, but some trips uh, twice to Venezuela, a couple times to Bermuda, uh, Mexico, um, the Bahamas. And so I, you know, I'd come home with, if I came home with $1,500 in prize money, I was like, Oh, where's, where's the yacht that I'm going to buy? Like I was convinced, I thought that was a lot of money, but it, the, the, the reality is I was just, uh, and my mom, uh, we lived very simply. Um, and she worked and worked hard her whole life. Um, but it was just a little bit of relief for her. You know, if I needed a car or gas in the car or a haircut or go out, have, you know, burgers with my buddies, like, you know, I have young kids. They're always asking me from, Hey dad, Venmo me 20 bucks, 40 bucks, you know, but you know, money, money, money. I'm like, so I didn't, you know, I didn't have, obviously we didn't have Venmo, but I didn't, it freed up that whole part of, of her and I's dynamic. Um, but it was, you know, my, and my buddies thought I was rich too. That was the whole funny thing. You know, my, I was 14 when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he died when I was 16. So some lessons were learned by that. Time is precious. We're guaranteed nothing. You always seemed, from the time I met you, and you're about that same age, that you were in a hurry. That you didn't believe the time was there to be wasted. I wonder, Lance, if you had any kind of sense, it's a pretty heavy question, but any sense deep down that, that something was coming where you were going to realize that you're guaranteed nothing and that time could be pretty damn precious in this life. Because you were in a hurry from the time I met you back at that age. Right. Uh, you're right. And, and, and Chris, you, you knew me during my cancer journey. And at that point, so I didn't have that sense and I was in a hurry. And the only time that life has really, and this is the, the silver lining, uh, to, to a diagnosis and to going through this whole process of, uh, of fighting for your life, you know, then yes, everything slows down and, and you sm everything smells different. Everything looks different. Friends seem different. Um, but, but, but by golly, um, you get better, you get back, you get put back into the world and, and, and it's just inevitable life speeds up. And, and, and even to this day, um, uh, um, life moves fast and that's, and then now I'm 50 years old and you're going, wait a minute, did I just make the turn? Am I on the back nine or, or am I like you know, uh, just getting the cart girl that's going to serve me a vodka soda on 15, like which, which, 
which part of the round am I on? And so it's, it's, it's a damn good point. And I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody ever masters that. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know, you know, some of these elevated individuals have mastered it, but boy, life, life moves quick. And, and, um, and yet I haven't figured out a way to, to balance it and, and slow it down and, and, um, and, and truly cherish. And look, I have five kids been through a whole hell of a lot, tons of reflection, tons of, uh, mistakes that I've learned from. And, and, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's not a, I started to say it was a struggle. It's really a journey. Like just trying to figure out and I love following. I actually follow a lot of your uh, stuff on, on Instagram, just whether it's through meditation, breath work, I, I do think these things help. Um, I don't practice those, uh, regularly, but, um, man, if you figure it out, especially at this point in my life, like I would love, I really feel like, um, it, you know, the story is what it is and I'm sure we'll get into um, some of it or a lot of it. Um, but boy, I, I, I kind of, I feel like I've got a stride again. And, and that's the time where you're like, okay, man, you were at one point, one of the biggest athletes in the world. And then everybody said, okay, you're done. You're canceled. And you hung in there and you were able to get that stride. That's the time when you want to say, wait a minute, man. Now now's the time you need to slow the fuck down and appreciate this because not only did you hang in there, but the world, okay. The world gave you an opportunity to get that stride back. Like if I get to the end of my life and I look back and I think, what was that like again? I don't really remember. That would be a loss. Yeah. You covered a lot there. And as someone who's at the end of the decade, you just began. I hope we get more than 18 holes, or I hope we get to replay 16 or 17, because shit, 60, we, we, we trust call me, 50 is e- a breeze, brother. <laughs> we, we call those E-holes. <laughs> you know, I, I very often don't take the time to reflect. I, when, I feel when I'm busy, it's not productive to do that. But when I sit back and reflect, I do enjoy it a lot of the time. You've had such a variety and an intensity of experiences, man. I mean... What role does reflection play in your life right now when you get a chance to slow down for a minute? Totally. Huge, huge. And, and, you know, where I, when I think of reflection, you know, I really, I really don't think of sport. I don't think of, of uh, the mistakes that, that I made and, and, and many in my generation made. I don't, I don't think a lot about that. I think of, of yes, that happened. Uh, how did I handle it? How did I handle it as a champion, as a man, as, as an idol? Um, I think a lot about that. And then I think about um, my children and, and having, and it's been interesting because I have two sets of kids. I've got, of course, Luke, who's 21, Grace and Isabel are both 19. And then I've got Max and Olivia who are 12 and 11. So I've, I've had sort of two chances to, to, to be a father, um, tons of reflection on that. And I think, you know, and, and again, to, to the, uh, uh, it is a benefit or it has been a benefit to have another chance at it. It's just a different go round. Um, and not, not that anything went wrong with the first one, but you know, at home more, more present, um, just, just a better dad. Uh, and, and then in my relationships, you know, whether it's with Anna, um, friends, I think look, relationships, marriages, partnerships, what do you want to call them? Fucking complicated. And, and I have not, um, you know, Anna and I've been together for gosh, almost 13 years now. 
And it's been a wild ride. You know, this woman came in, we came into each other's lives at the peak. Then we went straight to the bottom. And for us to, to, to navigate our way out of this and, and be closer than ever, um, that, that one, I think, is the most, not to minimize the others, but that piece and really honoring that is, is reflection's been hugely important. Yeah, that's something to be tremendously proud of on both of your parts. It's, you're right, it is fucking hard sometimes. And it's not meant to be easy, and it isn't. But uh, be proud of the fact that you guys have had those different chapters and are, are, are as strong as you are. Yeah, you mentioned that's an interesting way to put it. I hadn't thought about that, but almost two different fatherhoods. I mean, Luke is old enough to have been on the podium at the Tour de France in Paris. He witnessed that kind of those chapters as a, as a kid. Um, your daughter's not so much, and then now um, your younger kids come along sort of after the fact. So everybody wants to know. I'm sure you get asked, "What do you tell them? How do you reflect the lessons you've learned, the mistakes you've made?" Because that's what parenthood is about right teaching right. them the lessons you learn yourself complicated stuff though right very 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 complicated and my older ones um lived through it i mean luke was uh you know luke was 14 years old the girls were 12 so that, that this was this was you know 14 year old kids uh either see the newspaper that their parents just read or, or, you know, watch over their parents' shoulder while they're watching the Oprah or whatever. And so that was real time, right? So that was, that was, man, all hands on deck, dealing with the school, dealing with school counselors, talking to other parents, talking to other kids. So real time and, and helping them navigate this fall from grace. And it's, and I, and I, and I speak about this a lot actually, cause it's it, my younger ones were alive. They were very, very small, obviously not seeing the newspaper or reading anything or watching Oprah, but it, and this is what I speak to is that we live in a generation where everything is forever. So while my, my younger ones didn't live through it, they weren't in school, you know, nobody saying anything in the hallways. Um, they're going to grow into it. They're going to grow up there. It's already happened. People say, Oh, yeah, wait, your dad, your, your dad's that guy. And it's not a, that's very, very rare. Thank God. Um, but I'd be a fool if I sat here and said, Max Armstrong, who's 12, is never going to watch one of his dad's interviews. He's never going to watch Oprah Winfrey. You know, they will grow into it. And so, yeah, I've, I've kept the same approach with all the kids. I think, you know, my older ones are, um, are just um, absolutely flourishing. Um, but uh, there will be a time where, where those, the younger ones want to say, wait a minute. I, I, I was too young, but can we just go back there and, and what, what happened again? You ready for that? It, totally. Absolutely. I've, I've said from, it'll be the same policy I had with, with uh, Luke, Grace, and Isabel is that uh, we're going to have a conversation and, it, and it's not a one-time conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. So, it, you know, I'll answer any question and, and talk to you about this anytime forever, right? This is an open door policy. And so, um, it hasn't come up with the little ones and maybe it's, you know, as happens in society and, and sort of in culture, uh, not to diminish or erase the, the misdeeds that I have lived. Um, but things soften and, and, um, it'll, it'll probably be a, a smaller story in, in the grand scheme for their lives, but it's still a story. And, and, and I think the, the most powerful and important thing I can do for them is just say, Hey, anytime you want to talk about this, let's do it. 
you were a symbol of survivorship, and you're a, you're a magnet for so many people. I, I did witness this in some small degree. Regular folks, and also ultra-famous, mm-hmm. ultra-accomplished legends who just wanted to meet you, wanted to know you, wanted a piece of your time. When that first started happening, you realize, you're, I'm just out here racing a bike, and these people want to know me. And they want to be in my presence and kind of just feel what there is. Was there a light bulb moment where you realized, oh, my God, this is intense? No. No, that's the sad thing. And that's when, to your earlier point or to our earlier discussion, when life is moving that fast, there is you, you, the memory can only capture so much. And as life is moving, and it is just hyperspeed, and, and, you know, you're trying to do your job, you're trying to train, there's heads of state that want to hang, there's, you know, rock stars, you name it, sports stars, fellow, all your peers, doesn't matter. Um, the hard drive doesn't capture those moments. I mean, I will have, uh, you know, my longtime manager, Mark Higgins, you know, there were times he'd say to me, remember that time you met so-and-so? Who's so and so? Give me an example. I mean, well, I mean, you know, who did you, it's he, okay. Uh, it's okay. I know, I, and I'm <laughs> shit. I didn't capture that moment either. But I, it, it it's um, I'll remember in a second. But it, 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 and I'm not trying to protect anything. But you're just like, no, actually, I don't remember that. Okay, let me take you back to 2005 when you retire, and there's some friends in the south of France, and your phone rings, and it's Bono, and Bono says, "Hey, coming over for lunch." Well, right. I, I've got some people. We'll I, bring all the people. I, I do remember that. I mean, now I'm, I'm driving like a minivan. There's a caravan of cars headed down the, you know, down along the Mediterranean to Bono's house. And there's like this incredible lunch and he's making speeches and toasting. Right. Yep. I mean, and that's just a day in the summer for you. Like, I mean, well, no, that was that. Come on. That was after the first retirement. That was, that was, that was a big deal. I, I, I definitely, okay, at least that. acknowledge it was a big deal. I, I think you're saying, I've forgotten about, wait a minute. No, those no, of us no, who was, are there are, don't think about that a lot if you're a U2 fan. And he's a wonderful friend and 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 he is quite the orator. I mean, he you'll remember and you know the rose was flowing and so everybody was everybody was that was no 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 no. I'm not I'm not forgetting that one. Good. I'm glad. You know, you you're very astute. You, you see the look in people's eyes, you look into their eyes, you you take their measure. You had to do that as an athlete. You do it in what you do for a living now and the look you saw in other people's eyes when they check you out. I mean, I saw some of it. It was beyond respect and admiration. Some of it was just awe sometimes. And you, you see that in people. And you saw it for years. Maybe you were too busy to notice it. But now maybe you see different things in people's eyes. What, what expressions, what, what vibe do you get from people when you bump into them? Is it run the gamut? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's evolved. You know, this, it's been, and I always use Oprah as... Although the downfall started before that, that was really the um, sort of coming out party for the public. And that was that was January of 13. It's been, you know, we're coming on nine years. And so it has evolved and um, it, uh, it, it, um, it, I've all, I've been in, in, no matter what, even early on, no matter what, I've only had one negative reaction, which was covered pretty well in the ESPN 30 for 30, but you know, it, it didn't need to be a bunch of people standing up at a bar going, fuck you, right? You, we all know when you're sitting on a plane and the guy next to you has, hadn't said a word, you know, in his mind, he's going, fuck this guy. We know. So, but I, I have always been okay with that. 
Hmm. I, I didn't, you know, you, nobody's, you know, votes for that. But look, I, it, it's, it's more of an understanding that, that so many people were along for this ride and this journey that um, there was bound to be some hurt feelings, a lot of hurt feelings and, and a lot of um, um, anger. And so uh, I was, I, I decided very early on that my world will change forever. And, and I better be a tough guy and a big, all these things I've ever wanted to be, you know, tough and, 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 and resilient, all this shit. Now is the time. And, and I was, and I, and I accepted. How is that, that different? And, How is that toughness or resilient different than, than having to bounce back after a long day on the bike or meet the attacks on the slopes yeah. of Alpe d'Huez? How is it different or is it? All that was, it's different. That was easy. And upon reflection, that was really, you know, those are physically hard days and you're tired, but, and, and I, sh- well, I should, I mean, we had rough days on the bike with the public. We were not, certainly not the most popular, um, but I, I just, those are easy I, days I, compared to now sometimes though. Yeah. Yeah. And when, but I should say it has evolved, you know, and I, I'm more and more as I walk through my day, I, I encounter a lot of folks that, that will, that they'll, they'll take you through the whole journey, man. Let me tell you something. I was your biggest fan. Then I fucking hated you. And then, you know, I listened to a couple of your podcasts or I see the stuff you're doing and I see the way you act. I see the things you say, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm okay now. You know, it's just, and by the way, I mean, it, it sounds... And you'll stand uh, and listen to it? You'll, you'll listen course, to it? Of course. Absolutely. That's the cool thing. Like, the, because I do have more time, right? Those days, which you experience some of, you don't have any time. You know, somebody's trying to tell you some great story and you're like, hey, thanks, got to go. Whereas now it's like, tell me, walk me through it. And it's just a different look and a different connection with other people. Um, it's, it's, it's I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trade it, man. It, it's... It's been gnarly, but uh, I'm fuck. I, I tell myself all the time, and I tell others. You know, I, when I wake up, I don't. I don't want to wake up as anybody else. I kind of look at myself and go, fuck, "Glad I'm you." Isn't that weird. No, I mean that's the yeah, only way to be. It's but it I, there might be people imagining that you were sitting there saying something different. Like, can I just disappear, man? Can yeah, I just go that's, somewhere that's, where nobody knows my face? Nobody's ever heard of me. They don't care about cycling and EPA and all that stuff. I mean, right. It, that's, that's, that, that's the decision that, that you're um, faced with, right. To, to, to just fade away and, or even more um, toxic or self damaging. Um, there are plenty of other things that folks can get into to, to numb that experience and that pain. I didn't do, I chose, uh, to not do that. I chose to, to triple down on my family, to double down on my health and wellness and just hang in there. And who knows, man. And I, I was, I joke. I was like, maybe someday you'll throw me the ball again. Cause if they throw me the ball, I ain't dropping it and I'm running. I promise. And, um, you know, I don't know where I am in that cycle. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good stuff going on, but I'm, I'm glad I hung in there. I mean, there was, there was, I will tell you this, there was probably a day because Anna and I are married. So she's got a different last name. There was a day I said, honey, I said, I need to become Lance Hansen as soon as possible. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, you were Lance Armstrong. And so, um, but it, that, that was very, you know, that was just a split second and, and it just, 
just man, just hung in there. You got deep early here. I appreciate that. I wasn't sure we would go that deep or get there that quick. You mentioned right. I mean, there's the other there's simple stuff we could talk about. You know, there's the, you know. <laughs> Well, we might get yeah. some simple stuff too. I want to have some we fun. Could we could talk about how we both went to the same high school in Colorado <laughs> Springs, uh, with other, with other, um, you know, uh, we did at, the, at different uh, times. I, I don't know. My attendance is probably better than yours because you were just at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. No, yeah. I, 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 I sure. do want to. You, you said a couple times mistakes, misdeeds, and without me even bringing it up. So, what were the mistakes? If you were to list them in order, what were the mistakes you made? Well, the, the mistakes are, it's, you know, most folks want to hear, I mean, if, if you, if it's any, uh, uh, anything widely categorized as cheating, they want to, they want you to address that mistake. This is a very, very complicated time. And I, you know, I, I, I never give popular answers when it comes to this. We were, we were in a cesspool and look, it was, we all made mistakes and that, that doesn't make mine bigger or smaller than those, but but the mistakes were made and, and I became the best in our sport and became the biggest by far in our sport. I was the voice of the sport, the face of the sport. And so therefore, and, and I, in many ways brought this on to myself, which was also a mistake. You know, I'm the one who invited all the questions and invited all the scrutiny and it was easy, right? There were plenty of things leading up to this to naturally continue the scrutiny. And I just, I just could not, um, I couldn't differentiate between on the bike and off the bike, so to speak. So as, as hard as I fought on the bike, as hard as I fought in training, man, I get off the bike. I just wanted to fight. People would ask me, ah, you, you know, fuck you. And you just lie, lie, deny, deny, deny. And that's a very, you know, and again, this is, if I had just, if, if I could have stepped out just whatever, factor it is from there and and seeing me this guy all the things that you've said chris this person who all the words that that you just used uh, that people would stand in awe that you were a hero that you were carrying this entire cancer community that you were carrying the entire sport if i would have realized the importance of that role it it would it might have been different i I almost said it would have been different because i can't guarantee that because i'm a hard-headed tough mofo. And so, but it might've been a little different. And I just, um, I had no appreciation for the position that I held. And so therefore I abused it. And so that's those to me. Yes. We have to acknowledge that, that unfortunate time for all of us, we all made mistakes there not to minimize it, but the bigger sin was just how I didn't understand and appreciate the position I was in. And, and, and as a man, I mean, I, that, that, if you think about it, you know, there's, there's no honor in that, right? There's no honor uh, in lying and denying. There's no honor in attacking other people. There's no honor in sort of perpetuating this myth. Um, and so that, that's, you know, that's the stuff. Those are lessons for you as a parent or as a friend or as just watching other people fall. You can't teach those lessons. Like yeah. this is, you kind of, you just have to live it. I know that contrition isn't easy for you, that sometimes apologies aren't easy for a lot of us. I mean, a lot of us do work on ourselves to get better in the areas that we need to improve, whether that is saying, I'm sorry, I fucked up, I, I should have done better in this. I mean, you've worked on that, right? Because it, it, 
th- those things were challenging for you. You had a stubborn streak that served you well as an athlete and maybe in a lot of other fields, but was it seems I'm hearing you say that kind of got in the way of stepping back and, and, and stepping up really in, in those moments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I think there's, there are the, um, the obvious in, in, in the arc of this story, there are the obvious ones. Um, by the way, there's no way to make, you know, this story as gr- as big as it was, there's no way to make amends with everybody, whether that's the handful of folks that many people think of, but there's really, if you think about it, there's handful, there's a handful of maybe billions of people that, uh, that I'll never get to meet that were affected and were upset and felt not just betrayed, but also felt complicit because they were a part of this story and they took so much to personal pride and, and invested so much that they, they felt complicit. Um, those are the ones that I just, I mean, I, 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 if you could just, you know, people always situations like oh, this apology tour, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You can't because the, the real community is, is, is out there. Like you'll never, the only way to do it, I think is to, is to live a life uh, of, uh, with as high as of honor as, as you can. And, and, and look, boil it right down. I mean, we're having a conversation. I'm going to be totally honest with you, Chris. If we'd have had this conversation, you're one of my best buds. If you'd asked me these questions or asked any of these questions 12 years ago, I would have lied through my fucking teeth to one of my best friends. Now, how, how messed up is that? So you just, that's just been my commitment. I don't know, you know, if five new people will listen to this and go, okay, that's different. I don't know. No, man, there's an evolution process that I mean, people who pay attention and haven't formed opinions and decided long ago, which people do, they get entrenched and they, your story is written in their head and they don't care what you say or what you do, case closed. But it's pretty clear you've done work. Do you think you've done all you can do? Or is it an evolving process to say, hey, I'm sorry to those affected, or I, I should have been better, I should have stepped up? Or no, is, that, I, is that in your view done? No, the story was too big. This, this was too big. And I, and I do now know, you know, I, I am far enough removed. And as you know, I follow enough sports and I watch guys and I watch the way they act and I, and I, I see the way they treat their competitors and they handle the press and they deal with fans. I'm far enough removed to now know how big and massive the story was. So w- with that knowledge, it will never be done. Like this is, again, I don't know what hole we're on here for the rest of my life. And it's funny, I hear, I hear people, you know, I get people come up to me and say, you know what, you've already said you're sorry. Stop saying you're sorry. I don't buy that. And, I, and not that I have to sit here and say I'm sorry, but what I do have to do is sit here and, and have a, a very super honest dialogue with you that your fans or your listeners are going to, you know, take in. And so, no, it, it will, it will never, ever be done. And, and anybody that tells me to stop, I think they're wrong. The idea that people are telling you to stop apologizing and that you're, and you're weighing that off is interesting because for a while, just one apology was tough to come from. And I, I but that's evolution, man. I think it's, I think people need to appreciate yeah. that you've done that work, you know, nine years since they officially, you know, stripped, those seven Tour de France titles and they quote never happened and they never named another winner. They're just kind of seven blank years in the overall classification. Uh, and you know, you were, you deserve to be forgotten forever for cycling said some of the officials who run those things. I mean, you're smiling now, but it, is that eat at you? Does that bother you that people believe that shit never happened? Well, 
I, I think if anybody believes that it, I don't, I choose, I don't think people, I think people's memories are, are their memories and they're pretty good. And they, they've watched these races and if you're beamed up enough, then you know that it was a fucked up time. And, and, but you still, you know, I think most people understand the best man won. Um, and, and are certainly early days, you know, because what, what, who are the leaders of sports? They're politicians, right? So they get up and again, you know, he deserves to be erased off the, you know, okay, that's fine. But guess what? I've hung in there. And you know what, you know what never lies, Chris, because it caught up to me at one point in my life. You know, what never lies. History never lies. History never lies. History always makes things right. And so I don't, I don't need, um, I don't need the tour to call me back and say, you know what? We feel like history is going to make this right. Let's give you, now, if I could move my um, Zoom camera, and it might be fun at the end of the interview. I'm in my office here in Aspen, <laughs> down the street from the house. There's seven yellow jerseys hanging on the wall. I, have, I don't hang cycling stuff anywhere, but I hung them here in the office. Nobody came to get them. No organizer, no governing body. None of my peers came to pick them up. So I, I didn't race uh, to, to go down in record books or on Wikipedia pages. I raced for myself because it was my job. I raced for my memories and I raced for my team. And nobody can take those from me. And so I, I um, and I also don't want to get in the camp of, you know, uh, well, there has to be a winner. Yeah, of course, you know, normally there does have to be a winner. It is what it is. And um, I, I just trust uh, because it caught up with me. I trust that ultimately um, history will set the record straight. Yeah, I'll get personal for a second here. I, the, the day that the, the Postal Service team rides into Paris up the Champs-Élysées in front with you in the yellow jersey in 1999, the first year you won it, um, knowing where you've been, um, knowing the part that cancer played in my life and, and so many others that are around you um, is an unforgettable experience. I mean, and that happened. It, it can't be erased. It was there. I felt it. And, and for you, when you think back of whether it's those moments with the team in the bus, or the moments on the mountain, those moments on the Champs-Élysées, I mean, are those the same kind of powerful memories and just as sweet and there's no yeah, but attached no. to it? Right. Yeah, there's no yeah, but. Yeah, it was, it was, um, those are, those are amazing memories and, and, and amazing friendships forged and, and still, you know, all of which very, very strong, except for two, uh, to today. And so, um, yeah, those are the guys you go to war with and, 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 and interestingly enough, cause when I raced, you know, I, I didn't know that I, I just sort of pretended that I hated my competitors. Like, yeah, I fucking hate that guy. I go kick his ass. You know, over Wait, was that time, pretend? Because I want to ask you, I'm gonna, I'm, I want to get to the Jan Ulrich story, your main rival, because yeah. those, those emotions are powerful. That's very recent. But you always foster the idea that to yeah. bring the best out of yourself, you yeah. had to hate that son of a bitch. Yeah, you're not the only him. athlete. Many athletes have done yeah. that. That wasn't these real? Were, these guys were like A-plus human beings. You know, they were like <laughs> great sons and, and, and amazing fathers or kids and great neighbors. And, and I was like, yeah, they suck. You know, I mean, that was just, I don't know. We were just getting them. Uh, to, it was all made up in my own head and, and look, it worked. Um, but it's been fun 
and, and, and frankly, just been uh, incredible to get to know a lot of these guys as, as just former competitors. And of course, Jan is, is the greatest example. And Jan was also the one, I mean, I didn't really truly want to hate Jan. Like there was a part of me was like, man, I fucking love this guy. Cause he wakes me up early and he makes me train hard and I'm scared to death. Of this motherfucker. Um, I just, uh, but most of the others, you know, I just kind of created it. Um, but gr- great memories. Great, great. You memories. know, I'm, the Jan Ulrich story, um, if you don't know cycling, it's a long, complicated one. Let's just say he was a legend. He won the Tour de France before you came along. Uh, he was always your main rival. He came second a few times. And then he, he ran into some very, very difficult times. And um, he had his own um, doping situation to deal with. He wasn't able to deal with, with as well as, as you did, frankly. I'm just going to step back and say that. You know, he, he had complicated problems. Talked about his depression, his addiction. You recently had an encounter with him, though, Lance, and emotions came out of you that people are not used to seeing. I don't, I don't, maybe you're not used to feeling them. What was it that was so powerful about that reunion with the guy who was your main rival uh, years later? Well, we had, we've had a couple of – we've kept in touch. And, um, you know, I think really before I get into the two uh, specific um, sort of rendezvous that we've had, you know, he, he – I just said it. I mean, he was, this was a man who scared the living shit out of me. There was no other guy in the Peloton that I said, man, I, I think that guy can beat me. No, Jan Ulrich, I knew could beat me. Like he just pure, pure talent. He, he was a beast. And so he, he scared me and he motivated me and, and I trained so hard and he didn't have that, that DNA. Like he knew he had talent but he also knew he liked to have fun and he, you know, he could fall back on the talent. So I, I had talent, but I was like, man, I better, I better triple down on this talent here because this guy's coming for me and this guy can easily beat me. And so it was just a reverence and a respect for him as, as competitors that I had. And then, you know, we both had very similar downfalls. He, he of course had uh, some doping issues and, and he could not that we, and then we both had this fall from grace Jan, and, and, I, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, Jan would agree with this, he could not handle that. Mm-hmm. And it led him down a path that was so dark. And it, when I say dark, I mean very, very dark. Um, and, and Jan lost everything. And, and you know, the, my first reconnection was with him was when I, a few of his friends, I mean, we were getting, and now looking back on it, I think we, we know more, we were truly getting to the end of his life and something had to happen. There had to be some intervention. And so some of his best buddies that were normal guys, you know, finally had some normal dudes in his life, like guys that didn't want him for his money or his fame or his whatever. They just called me the Baldinger brothers um, um, from Meridrigan, Germany. They called me and they said, Lance, you got to come. And you were the one they felt could, could pull him out of it. Even though it had been kind of an interesting relationship, you, you kept in touch from afar, but they, you were the one they felt we, could come rescue this guy. We, we didn't keep in touch at all. We, when I went to see him uh, at, a, at a so-called rehab facility, um, we hadn't seen each other. And it, I think it'd be an interesting, I mean, you know, what they, would, what they told me, and I, maybe this is the, the story, they had tried everything. They had tried old teammates. They had tried old sponsors. They had tried old friends. 
And Jan just pushed them away, pushed them away, pushed them away. Well, in their minds, um, you know, that reverence and that fear and that respect I had for him, he also had for me. And so they wanted to use that card. They said, you're the only guy that can scare him. You're the only, you, you have to. And I said, I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I got on a fucking airplane, flew over there and we surprised him. And uh, it, it was just, and, in, 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 you know, I give a ton of credit to the Ballnicker brothers and the, and the true friends that he finally had around him. But we got him on this path. And man, he's been sober two or three years now. He is training. He's back in his kids' lives. And, and it, it's just been, and, you know, it, it got covered. I mean, you're asking me about it. It got covered. I don't need to talk about that. I mean, I, I, I would have I done that if, if nobody ever knew. He was so special to me. And, and to now hear him, and I just saw him, gosh, a month ago in Mallorca when I was over there, and we had him on, on our podcast, to hear him talk about how close he was to death. And, 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 and frankly, he looked like he was close to death. When I went over there years ago, two or three years ago, I'd never seen a human being like that, right? I, we all like to go out and have some cocktails and some guys get fucked up. We're like, well, he's fucked up. No, no, no. You've mm. never seen a human. This is like an alien. Wow. It scared the living shit out of me, Chris. And uh, I left thinking, man, I don't know. And boy, it shows you how strong he is. I mean, he, he pulled out of it and he is rocking. I listened to that, man. You guys were hanging out. He's talking about how healthy he is, how he's, uh, he's sober. He's riding the bike. He's doing well. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a pretty miraculous comeback. And to think that you had a role in that. I mean, he had to yeah. do it himself, but you had a role in that, providing the spark and an impetus. Um, a movie should be done about this, and it probably will be down the line, but what, what kind of feelings is that bringing you to see where he is now? And, and know oh, that- it's, 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 um, it's, it's, the, it's the greatest comeback I've ever seen. And we've seen some, you know, and not so much in a sports comeback, just in life like this. You're counting yourself on that? Well, I, I, Chris, I, I saw the man I saw three years ago and Jan confirmed it just when we were with him. He said, you know, he, he referenced another one of our great competitors or great uh, peers, Marco Pantani. He said, I was on the path of Pantani. The next stop was death. And, and unfortunately for Marco, you know, nobody could, could have, you know, could, could have stepped in there for him and he died. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just part of the. Shit. I don't want to go too deep and project here, but it's part of it because you saw him, and there were parallels in your story, and 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 you were both canceled in, in in your own ways, and yet you found the strength and you had the support. You said the loving family to not go down that path it was part of what you were feeling and seeing. Geez, you know, that could have been me. Of course, if, if it was different. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also um, a fair amount of. Uh, of of just frustration with because so many of our generation were um lived through the same situation that he and i lived through we made those choices on the bike we were caught and as as i suppose as is the case in society they they get the top guy and and cancel him destroy him try to intentionally destroy him shame him embarrass him totally fuck him and everybody else gets covered and this is the thing, and, 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 and by golly, is the same thing that happened with Pantani. It's the same thing that happened with Vanderbilt. It's the same thing that happened with Jimenez. You can go across the countries. Every country has won. And it's just, it's just, I get so frustrated because, yes, 
if, if people lie and deny and get caught, you got to pay the consequences. But when you see the real effect, I mean, you can ban somebody, you can do whatever you want to do. But when they're on death's door, fuck it, man, we've gone too far. And that happened to Marco, and it happened to him, and it happened to Vandenberg. And it almost happened to Jan, the one guy that I, that, that I held higher than anybody else. They almost killed him. Because now there's a lot of ways to look at this. He was not equipped to handle the downfall. But, but the double standard and the hypocrisy and all of it, it just makes me so, you know, I still get mad. You can hear it in my voice. And we're dealing with, we're dealing with human beings, and, you're, and some of them are not equipped. And so, but God dang, you know, he made it out. Yeah, it's a happy and ending. You know, it, 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 at least it is, it's not an ending, look, but it's a happy chapter right now anyway. Yes. Yeah. And I think Jan's committed and he sends me literally, there are days I wake up on WhatsApp. I have 45 messages, four or five, four, five messages. He's just the happiest guy. He's like, hey, I'm on a ride. Hey, I'm with my kids. Hey, I'm in the swimming pool. Oh, no. Hey, I'm in the gym. Fucking oh, no. guys sending me pictures of him in the gym without his shirt on. I'm, I'm 50 years old. I don't give a shit about racing Jan Ulrich. I see him in the gym with his shirt off. I'm like, fuck, I got to get in the gym. Like it's still. <laughs> the fire is still there. What I do hear anger in your voice. I know that anger doesn't dominate your life, but what brings you joy these days? What, what gets you up and brings you the most joy? I mean, I know you have the five kids, so that's kind of a given, but yeah. what yeah, else? They're, they're amazing. I love working. I, 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 um, uh, I don't like Zoom, although I love I love chatting with an old buddy like you over Zoom. But I, this whole Zoom call, you know, so I, I work a lot. You know, I started uh, an early stage venture fund uh, with my partners, uh, Melanie Strong and Julian Eisen. Uh, we're out investing in health and wellness. Uh, I create content. I've got podcasts all over the place. Um, it, 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 I love it. And, I've, and I referenced it earlier, but. And I, I, I stopped short of even saying it. S -s enough people have have granted me permission to move forward and, and i'm not saying it's a thousand people or a billion people i don't know it doesn't matter but and i'm i'm super humble and so damn appreciative of this that i have been given the opportunity to move forward and it's incredible and and that fun i mean that is has a hell of a lot more fun I, you know people love to think about retiring and i'm gonna go play golf all the time my buddies and i'm gonna take they get fuck that I did that when I was in timeout. It ain't that fun. Playing offense and hustling and moving forward. Now that's fun. Yes, you can still go do all those little fun things, but uh, no way. That's not for me. You still have fun while you're doing it. And your podcast, The Move, covers cycling races. You're right back in it. You guys do previews. You do wrap-ups. You do during-the-event reports. I mean, you seem, you seem to love it, whereas a lot of people, when they're done with the sport, and it was a sport that was that intense and that consuming and, and ended in, in, in somewhat ugly way, the last thing you want to do is watch a bike race and talk about bike racers. But we, but we, have, we, did, we did it in a different way. I mean, if, if the format of the show was – Okay, Chris, at kilometer 32, Chris Room got a flat tire, and at kilometer 48, uh, you know, so-and-so went off. Fuck that. We're, we're way more barstool. It's like, we, you know, it's myself and my old sidekick, the greatest teammate of all time, George Hincapie, and our co-host, J.B. Hager. And we just take an irreverent view. It's a, we are not that kiss. One of the byproducts of the whole meltdown was I don't work for anybody. I work for myself. And we thank God we live in a generation where you can actually create content on your own. Oh, look, we have, you and I have a couple of mics. 
You're going to put this up on iTunes and Spotify or wherever, YouTube. Hello. That wasn't very hard. So we can really do whatever we want to do and we have fun with it. And it's just that part's easy. And this is a played on out for a couple more decades. This is what you, you're doing, what you want to do. Are there other chapters? Uh, I've thought of, I thought about it. Cause you know, at 50, you're like right on the, right on the border. You're like, yes, you're starting to be an old man, but you still feel like, I want, is it that entertaining when I'm 70? Like if you, if well, you play you this say, out. Is you, so you spit out 70. Like, I mean, I, as someone who's going to turn 60 next August, don't, you know, don't, don't act like 50 is like uh, <laughs> beginning of the end. No, it's, but I have, can I ask you one question? Cause I've, I've been thinking a lot about this. It, is it me or in broadcasting? I'm talking about the big sports, primarily football, college football. Or are they just hiring guys that either sound like you, Collinsworth, and Nance, or something? All of these, I'm like, every time I hear a guy, I'm like, is that, wait, that's not Fowler. They're all trying to, I think they don't know about teach the, no, I they, know what they're, they, I don't know what they're hiring. You should just be yourself, right? No matter what. They what send field these you're guys in. home and they go listen to Fowler and just sound like him, right? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, did you ride a bike like somebody else when you, you get into this? Whatever your field is, I always tell young people, worst thing you do is try to imitate. I mean, it's normal to pick up on stuff like that. And, and sure. you cue it subconsciously, but you don't go out and try to imitate somebody. And that's just what I tell young people who want to do whatever for a yep. living. So it worked out for you. Now they're, yeah. I just, it's an observation I've had lately. I want the listeners, next time you're watching, just, just close your eyes. And I'm one, telling one you. is enough, my wife would say. Um, <laughs> You know, that 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 16 year old kid that, that was in Plano, I mean, we, we talked about having a sense that maybe something was going to happen, but you didn't know what. Now that all this has happened, I ask this question to everybody because it's something I think about myself. What would you tell him mm-hmm. to get ready for? What would you tell him? Hey, have this skill ready. Do this. Don't do that. And, and me telling him, yeah. knowing knowing how the play. Yeah. As you said, right, right now. Um, we've covered a lot of it. I mean, if you could just, and and this is just, if I could reflect on my, me reflecting on my life and what I wish I could have appreciated or, or learned or gleaned, that's the same thing as what you would tell this kid. Um, you try to slow it down. Um, um, understand, you know, whatever, whatever stage you get to, right. You could be the star high school quarterback, when you know what that's like when you're the you're a five-star quarterback and every little kid in that town is looking at you they're all looking at you understand what that means understand the weight of that the responsibility of that and in everything you do whether it's what you think say or do um never lose sight of that and i lost sight of it um and um you know i think you know, the one thing I did um, perhaps not fail in, I mean, I was very, as you know, I was very, very close to my mother and I'm still very close to her. And I've I'd had those consistent themes in my life. I think for any young kid that is, especially if you're going to get big, because man, the, the, all these pretenders and posers and phonies are going to come. They're, they're, and, and Jan is a great example, right? At the end of the day, at the end of what was almost the end of his life, he had his true, true friends. And we see it all the time in sport. And so 
Um, I think to me is if, and I'm still looking for that holy grail of slowing things down and appreciating things, but slow it down, capture the moment, and fully understand just how powerful you are. I mean, when I think of my story, and I was powerful. I mean, I could, I could, I, you know, shit, I asked President Bush for a billion dollars for the NCI. You know, I mean, that's, who does that? <laughs> I didn't know, I mean, it, the, the power that I had and abused, I didn't know it. And it's a shame. I'll never have that power again. Um, and I know that. I, I, I know that with 100% certainty. And there is a part of me that, that uh, is extremely sad about that, but can't change it. Um, but but it, I, I know now the power that I had and, and that I abused. And so um, that's, that's, uh, you, that's a shame. You talked about all the people that come into your orbit and, and that you've been lucky enough to, to observe and get to know and, and learn from. I mean, just the amount of wisdom, the amount of talent, the amount of um, kind of luminous people that, that kind of came through your orbit and that, and that sometimes it was a blur or sometimes you didn't appreciate it. But do you sit back now? I mean, you've got a pretty impressive group of people that you can draw upon that you continue to stay in touch with because of those days on the bike and those days um, as a symbol of cancer survivorship? I tell you, I, and it's a great, it's just great timing, actually. It's a great question, but it's also in, impeccable timing. I, I don't know. I was reading an article the other day uh, about Steve Jobs, and there was some mention, uh, and I had spent time, I had shared space with Steve Jobs as he was not well, and and I suppose he wanted to, be with me because I was the cancer guy and he had this affinity for cycling, but we, we, I shared space with this man and it was, it was super intense. I was super nervous as you would be at Apple HQ. And, 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 and I look back on that and I think, man, that was, so I, I'm reading this article just last week and there was some, they had alluded to a documentary called the lost interview. Have you, have you seen no. or heard of the lost interview? So they, 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 it's from 1995, the interview. And, and snippets of it were used more broadly. So some of the very small snippets. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. And after the stuff was out, they lost the master tape. And I want everybody listening to, tonight to watch this documentary. So in, he dies in 2011, and they find the tape in 2012, and they release it in its entirety. Now, and I watched it three days ago in 2021. Steve Jobs did the interview in 95. He perfectly predicts the future. You have to, everybody listening must watch it. It's on Apple TV and Amazon. Mm -hmm. I think he predicts Amazon. He predicts Facebook. He predicts Apple, everything. It is one. And so as I watched it, I was like, and it was, and then he talks a lot about the bike. He's clearly one of the smartest human beings to ever live. It's called the Steve Jobs, The Lost Interview. It's an hour and 15 minutes long. It is so special. And just watching this and going, man, I shared space with this guy. Like I had no fucking idea. And, and boy, you see stuff like that and you're just like, God, if I, you can't go back and you can't, we can't bring him back to life. But hard, hard, very, very hard for me to watch. But, but also so incredible hard for me to watch because i knew the man and i and i don't get more time with him 
and I perhaps didn't cherish it the way that I should have. But it, it's, it's, it's one of the best things I've seen maybe forever. That's a strong endorsement. I will, I will check yeah. it out. No, it's, it's, I'm not saying you're Steve Jobs, but there might be people who say, hey, listen, I shared space with Lance Armstrong. I got a chance to talk to him. I gained strength from him. And regardless of whatever happened and canceled or not, in their minds, you played a role in that. And there's, there's plenty of people. Do you, do you view that as an important part of your legacy? Something palpable that, that maybe you provided hope, strength, belief in a moment for someone that, that might have made a difference? Totally. Yeah, I don't, I don't minimize that at all. I don't, um, I, I, I'm aware of the stats. I'm aware of you know, what Livestrong did. I'm aware of the amount of money we raised, the amount of lives we impacted. That's not lost on me. I, 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 I think that stays in my chest. Like that's, I'm not giving that up. Um, I do a lot less of it now. Um, but I, 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 but I, but the thing, the reality is I do it. And so I do virtually almost everything I'm asked to do. Um, it's on a much smaller level, but that's okay. You know, I, I, when I look at, you know, my scoreboard up there, it's pretty good. And, and if it's just a personal reach out once a day or once a week, Hey, that's great. That's a win. And, 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 um, and it still makes me feel special. And, and, and hopefully it, it, it's, uh, it makes others feel special, but, uh, it, it's just, it, it's a different view, right? It's what we've been talking about for an hour. Like, it's just really understanding. Like if I send somebody a letter in 2005, Hey, get well soon, buddy. Yeah. I mean, they loved it. Um, but when I, and I the, the you know, great thing is now you live in the society, you just, you don't write them letters anymore. Grab you grab your phone. You make them a video. They're going to lose the letter. They're going to, the video, hey, they show all their buddies. Hey, look who sent me this. And they have it forever. And so I love just staring in the lens of that. Um, and just, you know, wish them my best. Well, thanks for staring in this lens uh, for the last hour. It's been, you've been generous, man. I, I you know, I, when you know somebody really well and you know them through all the chapters, um, sometimes it doesn't flow. Sometimes you're not sure where this is going to go. Sometimes there could be a discomfort about taking it a place. And, and um, thanks for being so freaking honest and, and, uh, and oh, so yeah. generous. The only way to do it now. Let's do it in person. <laughs> Let's forget the lens. And uh, we'll, we'll find each other in the mountains one of these years. Yeah. And I just want to say uh, to anybody listening, this man on the other end, your, your host, has been a, a, one of the most amazing friends to me. And, uh, you know, It, uh, it's sort of one of the greatest gifts. Shit goes down. People lean out, people lean in. It breaks your heart when they lean out. But when they lean in, it's the greatest gift of all time. And this man, Chris Fowler, is one of those guys. And so there's, and there's many, many others. But it's also just such an educational journey and such, just such a lesson. And so, Chris, for that, thank you. Sorry to get emotional. Um, but, man, you, you've been there through thick and thin. Um, and, by the way, two times. I haven't, I haven't just put you through one shit show. I put you through two because you were there when I was sick. And then I, had, then I just doubled down and gave you another one. But uh, you've been yeah, an amazing The shit shows friends. are always worth it. Loyal, loyalty yeah. is the most powerful thing there is. So yeah. We're both yeah. going to get choked up and emotional at the end of this. Oh, my God. No, big, okay. big, people listening are going to roll their eyes. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. That's, that, that's right. powerful. Thanks, it means Chris. a lot.
Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Be well. For me, that was a conversation worth waiting for. I hope you enjoyed it. Lance gives very few media interviews, has very few podcasts these days, so I'm grateful for his time, his candor, and his friendship. Check out both of Lance's own podcasts, The Forward and The Move, which is a must for cycling fans. As always, appreciation to my co-executive producer, Jennifer Dempster, and Jason Weichel for his editing skills. All of us appreciate your feedback. ChrisFowler.com is the website, at ChrisFowler at Instagram, if you have any comments. I invite you to subscribe, and I'll talk to you soon.